Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Two guys in a mic show indeed. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man. Coach and the Big Dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Talking sports and more. Plenty on the docket for the day. Little news and note, titillating tidbits. All kinds of stuff coming at you on the TalkZone.com today. I want to hear from you guys out there. Phone lines open throughout. 888-463-6748. We will be guided, led, and sometimes annoyed and bothered by our producer, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Senor David Olson. A little bit of music, and then we'll get this puppy started. Although I don't be embarrassed out there if you sing along with the music of the talk. So I know a lot of people out there kind of just, uh, you know, probably stand up at their desks listening to the show and start singing the tunes don't feel embarrassed a lot of people are doing that you're part of the team here part of the listening team of the two guys in a mic show uh let me welcome in unfortunately he's not in the studio but we'll take the next best thing he's checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in beautiful aurora possibly chicago big story of the day Bob Brunley, the Chicago Cubs color announcer after an eight-year storied career. Very popular announcer moves to Arizona. One big seat, one big spot wide open. As the Cubs color announcer, and I ask you, Joel Redwanski, who, if you aren't, you certainly should be on the short list of Cubs potential announcers. Would you, if offered, give up a lucrative kayaking career to take the Cubs color announcing job? How are you, Doug? Uh, doing pretty well. What do doing you think? Oh, that's that's really too bad because he was the whole broadcast. Len Casper sucks. So the Cubs broadcast is in dire straits right now. I was not implying at all. A big Len Casper fan. I was not implying that at all. But the question remains. The kayaking career is a semi-esteemed tour guide in the Chicago area uh, on the upswing. I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving that up. There's no way I could ever find a job that would pay me that much money for what I do. So even if they were to, you know, you over a Sutcliffe, over a Stone, over a Marky Grace, they pick the big dog, you turn it down for the kayaking. If if those are our choices and Steve Stone isn't selected, I'm just going to be sick to my stomach. I think Mark Grace would be excellent. All I got to know is this: I have a a a really really attractive girlfriend. Yeah, uh, she hangs out in the Wrigleyville area. I don't need Mark Grace hitting on her, so we can well, keep Mark okay. Grace so in you've Arizona. Okay? You've got arterial reasons. And and another reason is I don't need all the all the Telemardu and Jack Daniels to be drank <laughs> on the north side of the city, Chicago. We don't need Rick Sutcliffe. Uh, I need legitimate baseball commentary both, from Steve Stone. Both Grace and Sutcliffe have had some uh, alcoholic issues, shall we say. David Olson, you gave me a strange, twisted face. I should be used to seeing that because pretty much everything I say. But when we mention Steve Stone, are you thinking he and Casper wouldn't be good? Steve Stone's under contract already. He's not going to be. I don't think they're going to release him to go back to the Cubs. It's break. Everything's breakable. No. He did. I, I, I heard that. I heard they're going after Rick Sutcliffe hard, though. Interesting. Now, Stoney did just re-up with the White Sox, dog, but you think that is contractually breakable? No, I don't. I'm just saying who I wanted. 
This is all I'm saying. I don't know who's like what contract is or what. And mm-hmm. and considering that uh, he's going to be on Comcast and WGN, aren't the, that the same people that the, the White Sox have? So I was yep. thinking that maybe that could be an easy transition for them. Interesting. Especially if they have somebody to replace him on the south side. Interesting. And considering that the Cubs' television ratings were almost, I mean, obviously the it like they they had drew more fans on the White Sox this year, but the television ratings were almost exactly the same. And if you consider the fact that the White Sox are only slightly ahead, and they were in first place since April first, and the White uh, the Cubs were in ninth place in the sixteen division since April first, that's you know what I mean. It's, maybe they're like, hey, we know that more people are going to be watching the Cubs, and this is the most popular color in a, uh, analyst. Mm-hmm. If the Cubs are good whatsoever, they like double the White Sox in, in uh, television attendance. What about the uh, the combo though? The combo. I'm trying to picture how that would work. Steve Stone with Len Casper actually probably pretty good. Probably pretty good. Well, it would it's, it would definitely help Len Casper. Okay, uh, I don't. I'm not a. I'm just not a big fan of Len Casper, coach. And uh, I, Eddie, but they need to have somebody good. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to. It really doesn't matter because I can always get that one thing, that one device that you can sync up the radio. Mm-hmm. To the television. Well, we don't have to listen to all the cliches of Len Casper. <laughs> You'd rather have Patty and the Milwaukee Brewers decked out in their yellow socks and the bright blue jersey with the black cap. Yes, I know that. That's that's pretty ugly uniform. What is that say? Yeah, but that yeah. retro. That's pre-tro day. Yeah, right before. All right. Well, if we got any suggestions, uh, we are a conduit of source. Of uh, uh, of sorts to the Chicago Cubs, Channel 9, Comcast, the decision makers. And by the way, our inside sources tell us that it will be a mutual decision between all three uh, parties. By the way, my inside source is the radio driving on the way in on another station. It's about the best inside source I can come up with. But uh, anybody out there, uh, you want to throw your name in the hat or you have a suggestion who you would think would be a good uh, fill-in to work with Len Casper with Chicago Cubs color announcing job. One of the premier announcing jobs in all of sport-wide smack and open right now. If you want to apply, if we like to cut of your jib here on the show, we'll pass it on. 888-463-6748 is our phone number. 888-463-6748. And there's already a spot open for candidates because, Big Dog, I thought you would be top five, top ten, and you're telling us uh, that you are not a candidate right now. Yeah, yeah, quick rubbing it in. Uh, you know, uh, quite honestly, <laughs> that it's a great job. But if you think about it, how many of these people, like, that have, there's been some bad, bad people that they've had in there. Joe Carter, do you remember how bad he was? That was the worst listening in the history of yep. television. That was one year only, right? It was like two or three years yeah, ago, that was, but that, it was way, way, way too long. That was yeah. legitimately some of the worst radio in the history yeah. that was, of mankind. That, I forgot about that, to be honest with you, but that was pretty bad, and I'm being kind. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I was, by the way, I was one of the very, very few. I actually enjoyed the work of a Chip Carey. I know I'm on a small island with very few others, but I like Chip Carey. Well, I didn't dislike him. I, I, I'm definitely going to say that. I know that's really not giving you an opinion. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good broadcast. I didn't like all the people just bomb, like, ripping him constantly. Yep. So, uh, yep. Well, he had that rippable, you know, kind of aura about him, the look and the, uh, 
you know, kind of the, the GQ announcer type, and of course, you know, the carry name and everything. So there was a lot of stuff out there, but I thought he took a, took some shots that he did not deserve. But, uh, interesting, breaking up a pretty good combo. Bob Brenly, people are talking about Bob Brenly should be a manager. He knows so much. You know what? Good announcer. I think if he goes back into managing, I hate to say it, and I'll root for the guy. But I think he'd bomb out again, Big Dog. I, th- I don't well, think he bomb could. out again. What are you talking about? Bomb out again? He won a World Series. I... Okay, maybe that was the wrong wrong yeah, term. It was, it was bomb out. Well, an excellent manager. He... I will take him as the manager of the Chicago Cubs mm, right now. He did get fired, Big Dog. He also won a World I Championship. I understand that. Okay. But the bomb out is is not totally incorrect. He ended out not leaving on his own accord. He got fired. Okay, well, technically everybody gets fired. Name a manager besides Tony La Russa that hasn't been fired at left. Good counterpoint. Okay, like, all I know is this. is Somebody gets Bob Brenly as their manager. They are significantly better in the managerial department. They, they made a, a major upgrade, including the Chicago Cubs. Okay, so yeah. he probably doesn't want to actually... Uh, oh, yes, he does. Neil Swain. You don't think Bob Brownlee would be a better manager than Dale Swain, honestly? No. I don't want to get into that whole argument. On but. X's and O's, I agree with you, but Bob Brownlee does not have that personality that can wear long-term or even mid-term with today's modern athlete. Dale Swain, I think, does. Well, it, it's more for the first year. Say that again? It did work for the first year with Dale Swain. Those losses that the Cubs have had 50 years or, or longer than that. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my, why mess with success? At any rate, uh, that's one of the stories on the docket for the day. And, again, any fans out there, you want to make a suggestion, someone you think would be good, or uh, throw your own hat in the ring. Again, we have a conduit of sorts to a Channel 9, a Comcast, or a um, Chicago Cub organization. We'll pass your name along, 888 6748 is our phone number. It's the dog and the coach on this semi-dysfunctional show known as the two guys at a mic show. Dog, we missed you yesterday. Uh, hopefully you're safe and happy. I looked in the obituaries first, the crime report second. I didn't see your name in either one, so I figured you had a good day yesterday. And, and why would I be in the crime report for any reason? Well, what, you want You want a list of possibilities? Big dog. You're, you're, I mean, like, what would I possibly do that would ever you, get me arrested? You forgot to bring something to the show today, Big Dog. What was that? It's called the sense of humor. Remember well, this? You're the one always accusing me of being a criminal. No, I no, just no, want this... to know. You need the sense of humor too. Why would I do anything that would be illegal? This is the sports talk show where we have a little fun, Big Dog. I'm just kidding you around. Relax out there. I'm but, sorry, I'm in a bad mood. It's something uh, I just read. So. Apparently so. Yes. Anything you want to talk about on the air? No, you don't want to. You don't want to hear about it because it, it, it involves our president, and you definitely don't want to hear about it. So, okay, we had a scintillating sports guys talk politics yesterday with me and oh, David Olson. Yeah, I could imagine how <laughs> great that was. Oh, and he looked great in the in the paint. Uh, he just killed Romney. I could I could have only imagined yesterday. No, it was much more objective. And I had to th- occasionally put a bucket of cold water on David Olson, who sometimes can jump overboard on the. Uh, uh, you know, Lake Lake Obama, but no, I thought it was a reasonably objective. <laughs> now I got Dave and Joel mad at me. It's a beautiful show, and we're only eleven minutes into it. No, no, no telling where the rest of this show is going to go. Oh, good. All right, so you got some bad news on Obama, but that's uh, all right. If any point during the show you want to bring it out, feel free to do so. Okay. So, uh, 
I might. Let's just, let's just move on, Coach. Okay, let me let me uh, see if I can get your spirits up a little bit. I know you're a football fan. You do not, my friend. You do not have to wait for the weekend for quality football. I throw at you tonight the best of the best in college football and maybe one of the better Thursday night NFL games we've seen in a long time. Seattle at San Francisco tonight, my friend, and at 8 o'clock on ESPN, Oregon. The Duck taking on ASU, the Sun Devil. Two hell of a games. That is that really is a a really uh, good football game right there. So uh, both of them, both of them, I, I expect both games to be contended all the way down to the wire. And let's face it, what team last week looked the best in all of football? Well, it was probably the New York Giants, and then the second team that looked best was was probably the Seattle Seahawks, and the team that looked worst last week was the San Francisco 49ers. And you're talking about two teams that are tied for the same record in the NFC West, mm-hmm. which is loaded all of a sudden this year. Everybody's playing good football. So, yeah, that's a really, really big game tonight because you have to be a division winner, basically, in order to win in the playoffs nowadays. Because can you really expect to get a lot of NFC football teams? Big dog phone breaking up a little bit. Uh, should be a great defensive battle, 49ers and the Seahawks. I, don't, I haven't seen the over and under C, and I, I don't typically bet those big dog, but let me see if I can guess correctly. I would say the over under 34. I would guess that's a little bit low, a little bit low, but you're, you're right. This is probably lower than uh, than it has been recently in terms of, I, I was going to guess like 38 is what it'll be. That would be my guess. All right. Which, and in the NFL nowadays, that's pretty low because there's a lot of, most over-unders are in the 40s nowadays. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how Alex Smith, uh, you know, for a while his middle name in the NFL was Much Maligned. I mean, everybody called him Alex Much Maligned Smith, but, uh, you know, had the tremendous year last year leading to the Super Bowl, of course, and had a great start to this year. But last game, Big Dog, he was put on the turf early and often. He was picked off three times. Maybe the confidence shaking a little bit. We've seen that before. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he will bounce back. Any predictions? Um, that's a tough one because, to be quite honest with you, the best pass defense in all of football is the Seattle Seahawks. They got the they have the most uh, uh, like they have so many defensive backs that can get it done over there. Alex Smith has his hands full tonight. Just straight up has his hands full. So. We'll see what happens there, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Should be a heck of a game. And then uh, on the collegiate front, and I know Sun Devil Jack is listening to the program as we speak, and it sounded like um, even as powerful as Oregon is, you give the Sun Devils at home a chance to win, my friend. I, let's face it, Coach. There are some places in America that tend to have crazy upset. Crazy, crazy upset. Okay. For some reason, you go into Northwestern and play a night game and you're the number one ranked team in the country, ask Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State, you go down, okay? How many great upset games have happened in Arizona State? Nebraska hadn't lost in like 30 games in the mid-90s. They had the number one team in the country. They go to Arizona State and they got blown out like 19-0 in the in, in 1996. There's other games. Like Arizona State has been known to just beat people Normally it's like Saturday night and everybody goes to bed and you wake up in the morning and you're like, Arizona State won last night? You know, so don't be surprised 
the Sun Devil Stadium will be packed, Coach. Those Arizona State fans will be drinking. They started drinking now. It's eight. <laughs> it's eight sixteen in the in the morning, uh, Pacific Coast time. They will be primed and ready to give the Ducks everything they hear. And but like the one thing though is like the Ducks run that offense where the, the crowd noise doesn't bother them whatsoever because their coaches sign in the plays with their signs on the mm-hmm. sidelines. So even though the Sun Devil Stadium normally could give a make a huge effect on players. Like no huddle offenses like Oregon calling plays. Their snap count might be a little bit messed up because of the noise, but their plays won't be because those guys are going to be able to. It's so cool watching Oregon flash in their plays. Mike Kelly's strategy, the uh, head coach of the Oregon Duck, basically, I I just want to run as many plays as we can. Yeah. I I want the ball and I want more plays. That's why we're running the hurry up. You know, it's, he has such confidence in his offense. It brings up, I, I kind of liken him, uh, with his, Offensive mentality and his ego to Brian Kelly in Notre Dame. It'd be interesting to see Notre Dame and Oregon matchup just to see the two coaches who are pretty much similar in their, their, you know, X and O brilliance and offense and they're both annoying from an ego standpoint. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're both annoying from an ego standpoint. I'll, I'll have to agree <laughs> with you on that one. And I do like Kelly's, um, Chip Kelly's view on you get as many possible plays as yes. you can. The reason is, is like, he figures, you know, if we have another 20 plays in this game, my team is better than yours, and we're more likely to take advantage of yep. them. And you know what? That's you got to love that confidence. As a coach, you instill that into your teammates, or into your team, it'll work for you. I promise you it'll work. I said Mike Kelly. I apologize. Of course, it's Chip Kelly, the fine head coach of the Oregon Duck. What was uh, you were the one who brought it out, Big Dog? And I remember watching it on HBO Real Sports. But there's the high school coach in Louisiana who who refuses to give up the ball. He'll go for it on every fourth down, right? He'll never punt. He'll never kick field goals. He wants the ball. He wants to score. Yeah, I don't know if that's Louisiana, and you know what? That he puts a lot of pressure on. Uh, I think it's like Georgia. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's it's, it's a southern school. And he puts a lot of pressure on the team, and he mm-hmm. continues. They won a state championship. They were undefeated last year. Yeah, and He wins. You know what? Yeah, sometimes, you know, just doing something different, if you really can do it the right way, mm-hmm. really gives your team an advantage psychologically. I like a team with onside kickoffs. like a, They're like a basketball team coming down and calling a play. As they line up for the onside kickoff, they got like six different plays. Thumb down! 33 left! You know, they got different plays for the onside kickoff, which most teams do. Maybe once a season, but uh, hey, state championship, you can't knock it. At any well, rate, a team that goes for fourth uh, for fourth and does not punt, they do that. You know that, coach. They actually they go for the onside kick every single time. Which, which team? That team that you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, Real right, punt. absolutely. That they refuse to give the ball back to right. the other team if they don't have to. Yeah. Even I mean, there's been times I think you know fourth and ten. From their own 15-yard line, and you know, hey, we can make it. We want to go for. It. We're not giving up the ball. Yeah, because even though, like, we're still going to they're going to get the ball back at the 30 anyway. So mm-hmm. who cares if they get it back at the 15? Yeah. yeah, you better have a good defense if you play that way. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Dog and a coach here, and the two guys and the Mike show. Phone lines open. You want to join us? Uh, feel free to do so. A little football on tonight. I thought we'd get the big dog pepped up with that a little bit. There'll be also baseball tonight. There was baseball yesterday, and not plural, Big Dog, because one of the games got rained out, but tonight we'll have uh, two games. But the Cardinals at San Francisco get it done again, 3-1, to one, beat the Giants. Pretty impressive win. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to – I listened to very little 
of, of that game, and uh, I didn't get to watch him. So hopefully I'll get to watch a little baseball today, both games. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, hopefully the the weather will be better for many different reasons for me to work and so we can get the baseball in. Uh, it, I like the fact that baseball is not messing around with these games. They had the players for the the Cardinals and the Giants off the field. Literally, uh, the manager for the Giants was coming out to pull Matt Cain and bring in a pitcher. The umpire runs out and stops Bruce Bochy, who I can't stand either. That guy's a pain in the ass. Okay, I've had to deal with him at Nike Town. I don't like him as a human being. Okay, forget as a manager. As a human being, I don't like Bruce Bochy. And he stopped him before he got to the mound. He's like, before you make any decisions, we're about to halt this game. And he's like, halt the game. They pull everybody off the field. And literally, when the last guy gets off the field, rain started hitting. It was like the, it was, the next, you know, it was like biblical how much rain hit St. Louis over the next 45 minutes. I just want to, people always rip officials and they rip umpires and they rip the leagues. Uh, Major League Baseball handled both last, they, they, I don't know how long it took them to cancel last night's, uh, Yankee Tiger game, but they, they didn't let the people sit around all night. I know some people are a little mad about it, but you know what? They want to get these games in. I thought they did a good job of of giving it a chance and then letting everybody know we're playing again tomorrow. But the rain Not delay um, in the Cardinal-Giant game was a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty long. But it was just how they got them off the field immediately okay. before it started. was Because, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't be fair for one of the teams to play in the massive rainstorm when you know you're going to halt the game. So you halt it before a drop of rain hit. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, the game isn't gonna get in. You know, if, if you had a chance to get the game in, I would understand it, but, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just give a little kudos to the, to Major League Baseball. They handled yesterday's situation pretty I'm just well. peeking in right now. I watched a lot of the, uh, of round one, and now that it's a best of seven, I'm just taking little peeks here in game one, two, three, and four. I will rejoin the baseball series in its entirety as the drama builds at game five. I'm sorry, I can't do the first four games, but, we are aware that the uh, Cardinals won it yesterday, three to one, big dog. And in typical Cardinal fashion, find a way, get it done, expect the unexpected contributions from from other players. Carlos Beltran gets injured in the second inning. His replacement, the rookie Matt Carpenter, gets the big two run homer in the three to one victory. Typical Cardinal. Yeah, well, how does that happen? How do they continually, perennially, always? come up with players that can yep. play baseball off the bench. Yep, and that's the key. It's not just one or two years, but it's been over a long period of time. It's a great system, but the specifics, I, I, I don't know I can tell you. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive, though, Coach, is all, is all mm-hmm. I got to tell you. Yeah, someone someone should do a study of the uh, – you could have said the same thing for the Minnesota Twins, who dropped off the last couple of years. But these guys come up. They're not only talented players, but they, they play the game the right way. They're poised when they come up. They're mentally smart. They don't make mistakes. Uh, again, they're talented, but they're baseball players. And you got to believe, Big Dog, that training goes uh, right through the minor league system. Well, it has to. I mean, it absolutely has to. They always tend to play good baseball. Mm-hmm. They always make the right decisions. It's it's all their players. I year still, in, year out, they produce major league caliber baseball players. still remember Ryan Thurio, who I enjoyed as a Cubs player, but I remember him in his, I think it was his second year. Playing for the Cardinals, who made comments to others that made the the media press pages that uh, it, he basically took something to the point of it's it's amazing how different it is here in St. Louis than it is with the Cubs, 
And that, that was a pretty damning quote, I thought. Yeah, and he was mad at the Cubs. He felt he was uh, he was not handled right, yeah, so he was this, a little angry. This was two years later, though. Yeah, but it was stuff like getting fired from a paycheck where you get paid $10,000 a ball game coach. Mm-hmm. Gets a little upset is all I'm saying. Yeah, no question. No question. Kyle Loesch was off his game, uh, too. You know, normally he's got great control. Walked, I think, five, six people. They gave up hits. Giants couldn't get the big runs. Rain delay comes back. The Cardinals are bringing their own version of the beard. Jason Mott, and he pitches uh, two innings, which is rare for him. Gets all six final outs. So Loesch was shaky, but Jason Mott really was the guy who shut the door, Big Doug. Yeah, he has. he's been really, really good. And you're right, he doesn't pitch two innings a lot, but that uh, when they had their great comeback in Game Five versus uh, versus the Nationals, he pitched two innings that day. He pitched the inning before the comeback, and mm-hmm. then he actually pitched the comeback. So, I mean, this is a guy that you're exactly right, isn't uh, doesn't usually normally pitch like that, but he has when they really really needed him, and that's big time to to never do that. And all of a sudden, in the biggest uh, yep. parts of the season, you do it. Yeah. One of the uh, better sports-viewing Thursday nights we've had in recent memory also on the docket. You're going to have the New York Yankee trying to uh, salvage a game and not end their season, taking on the Detroit Tigers after the rain delay. They're back up against CC Sabathia against Max Scherzer. Big Dog, I'm assuming you're going to tell us the New York Yankees are done. I mean, they might win tonight, but they can't win four straight, can they? No, they can't win four straight. And yesterday's uh, uh, the death knell was yesterday because because now game four is moved to where game five is and game five is moved to the off day, the travel day, uh, what ends up happening is CC Sabathia cannot start game four and start game seven. Uh-oh. So they only have CC. So you get CC Sabathia pitches dominantly today. Everything is fine. They're 3-1, and he's done for the series except for maybe a relief appearance in game seven. Mm-hmm. That's all he could possibly have. So now the, the Yankees have the psychological point of after they win today in this 3-1, okay, now we have to beat them with Hareki Kuroda, Phil Hughes, and who else? You, you know what I mean? They're, they're totally in trouble, Coach. They're, they're, they're in serious, serious trouble. Right, Detroit so you, Tigers are poised to move on. I still remember in my childhood, Big Dog, when I look back to the younger year, my favorite World Series of all time. I don't know why, but it just sticks out in my memory. It was the Tigers. And the Cardinals, it was Mickey Lolich, Denny McLean, Mickey Stanley and company for the Tigers going up against Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton of the Cardinals. But it looks like we could be headed for a Tiger and Cardinal once again. That could definitely happen. And, and you know, with that, by the way, that that World Series that you're talking about right there. Was that 68? That was 1968. Woo! And it was called by Harry Carey. He was the really? national broadcaster. If you ever listen to those, uh, like the replay, because I've watched the replay of Game 7. It's just amazing. Yeah, Gibson was incredible. Yeah, and Mickey Lois was even better. Yep. You know, so uh, uh, we all know uh, uh, that uh, the greatest pitcher that uh, the Cardinals ever had was uh, was Bob Gibson, but to see Bob Gibson actually lose to Mickey Lowlich, coach, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, Mickey Lowlich was phenomenal that series. He won three, three games, and and back then, I mean, Cardinals and the Tigers, they were the best teams in the league back then, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. What was the final score of that game? Was it two to one, something like that? I would, I, I forget. That sounds about right. I do know in game one of that series, 
Bob Gibson struck out 17 Tigers wow. in a World Series game. That record's not about to be broken anytime soon, okay? And just something to consider. Denny McLean won 31 games yep. in 1968. Yep. And, and by the uh, way, back then, he didn't pitch six innings and go out. No, he pitched nine innings. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, they had an option. The Tigers manager, oh, I forget who was it, Coach. Uh, the manager? Yeah, the Tigers in 68. Oof. Keep but talking. Uh, I might think of it. He had an option. Either start his 30-game winner or Mickey Lowich on basically two days rest. And mm-hmm. he started Mickey Lowich over Denny McClain. Ends up being the, one of the smartest. You know, you think you bench Alex Rodriguez and you pinch hit him with Raul Ibanez. What a courageous move by Girardi. Well, <laughs> think about benching a 30-game starter and putting in a fat lefty. I mean, now, Mickey Lowlich was no, – was, I mean, he was – he won like 20 games that year, maybe even 25. Okay, okay yeah, I'm not ripping Mickey Lowlich. That yeah. definitely came out wrong. But, I mean, like, that's that still takes some guts to put yep. your 30-game winner on the bench, Coach. Yep. I think I read Shane Dees, I believe, was the Cardinal manager. I'm trying to remember who the heck – Manage the Detroit Tiger. It'll come to me before this show is over. But at any rate, you got Yankees and uh, Tigers, and uh, the Yankees will be trying to stave off elimination. Now, with the day off, if you were manager Joe Girardi, Big Dog, why not? You know, you're a candidate for the announcing job for the Cubs. You might be a candidate for manager at some point. Would you, after the day off, now come back and put A-Rod back in the lineup? I think I would. Coach, uh, not if they're playing a lefty. The guy can't hit right-handed pitching right now. You need to win, okay? So um, it would be very difficult for me to to put anybody in the lineup that was hitting as poorly as uh, as I'm trying to get rigorous right now. But then again, I mean, like, to no hasn't hit at all, but it's like he's hitting line drives right at people. He's on the ball. Like, I was Rodriguez getting totally blown away by 89-mile-an-hour fastballs. There's, like, there's a difference. So, no. I know there's there's some good times stats lie, and you can tell somebody's struggling, and maybe they just need a line drive to fall in. Alex Rodriguez, I, you watch those at-bats, but she's getting blown away. So, no, I would not replace him just because it's the off day. He's reminding me, uh, and this is not a compliment, of a young Felix P.A. at the bat. Can't catch up to the fastball, and then they throw him the outside stuff with a couple of strikes, and he bends his knees and kind of sticks the bat out and swings and miss. It's not a pretty sight. You know you know what's funny is the other day I got in a conversation with somebody, and they were like, hey, Joel, who was, who was the really bad lefty reliever for the Cubs? Was it Felix P.A. or Felix Heredia? I get those two come. come, come. <laughs> Confused, and I'm like, uh, I knew what the what the answer was. And I'm like, so do I. I just told the guy, so I know I get him confused because I don't want to talk to him. Had such great hopes for Felix Heredia when he came up, and uh, one of many great hopes for the Cubs that did not pan out. Do you know that if you're left-handed, you're also extremely viable as a dishwasher? Also, <laughs> why is that? I don't know. I just made okay. it up. That's what he's probably doing right now. Because I'm lefty. We we bought a right-handed dishwasher, and I do struggle with that at times. So you're right. By the way, if anybody who wants to was make... It? What was the name of the dishwasher you bought? Uh, I'm not sure. Might have mine, been... Uh... Uh, mine was... Uh, her name was uh, Cherie. <laughs> oh, I think ours was Beatrice. Um, yeah, very good. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, I, 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 only lefties are going to appreciate this. Maybe some lefties don't have the struggle that I do. But the simple checkbook, uh, you know, the notebook checkout checkbook that 
pulls apart if you have your checks on one of the, uh, you know, elongated notebooks with checks in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. With the the three-ring binder. Now, on the checks on the right-hand side, when you go to write as a lefty, and again, this is... This could be on my coach's hit list, and the coach's hit list, little little things that really don't matter but that annoy me, and there's a long list of them. But it's really hard to sign your name and write checks as a left-hander on the three-ring binder when the checks are on the right-hand side. You know, Coach, that's something that I can understand you complaining about, okay? Complaining that there's too much movement in Major League Baseball and you don't like uh, particular calls is one thing. That is something that I can understand you complaining about. I'm not going to rip you for that. Actually, right. a lot of people might go the opposite way with that and would, but uh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank All you. right. Dog and a coach, 888-463-6748. Phone lines open, folks. Dial it up, talking some sports here. A couple of good football games tonight. By the way, Big Dog, I hate to tell you, but uh, I got to miss a football Friday. I have to uh, be at a funeral tomorrow, so I don't know if – you and David will conduct the show. We might have to play a replay show, but uh, I apologize. I will be missing tomorrow's football Friday. Well, I still have to put my picks in, don't I? Absolutely. Okay, because yeah, tomorrow might was going to be a day that I was going to it was going to be difficult for me to even get uh, okay. to do the show because I have a lot right. of stuff to do as we close up our season downtown. So. I hate missing Fridays though. People yeah, tune in. People tune in for our picks. Maybe we can put them over on our, our website, Mike. Two guys. At AOL.com. But um, I apologize. You know, I mentioned it yesterday to David Olson. I don't know why, but apparently funerals, funeral directors, they love funerals to be run at 10 o'clock in the morning. Same time as our show. I do not understand this. You know, and we're big in the funeral community. Our rating show, I mean, breastfeeding moms, still number one. Overnight security guards. Uh, prison inmates. Under the age of eight. Over the age yeah, of 75. But the but, it's not a choice to them. That's part of their sentence, though. Oh, sh- That's a little different. Don't give away our secrets. But uh, in the funeral directing business, I'm not saying we're on top, but we're, we're in the team picture, Big Dog. So you'd think they would have a little more respect than to run all their funerals at 10 o'clock. You would, you would think so, Coach. Yeah, yeah. By the way, complete, not all, I mean, completely, all kidding aside, the funeral I'm going to tomorrow, 47-year-old guy in the in the uh, Glenview community. Baseball coach, hockey coach. You would have loved him, big dog. Loved to party. Gregarious guy. Reminded me of you a little bit. Very upbeat. Three kids, wonderful family. In the backyard at night, the wife is at a hockey tournament in St. Louis. He's in the backyard at night, kids asleep. Guess he went out to smoke a cigarette. He fell, apparently. They've done an autopsy, no heart attack or nothing. Hit the back of his head on the fire pit and I guess broke the cervical spine back there and, and died. Oh, per- that sucks. Perfectly healthy 47-year-old. So, you know, that, that really yeah. sucks, Coach. Yeah, I'm so sorry it's, for it's, that. It's, it's, it's going to be a very depressing wake but uh, and funeral, but um, the fleetingness of life, Big Doug, as you always say, uh, best day of our lives each day. Yeah, absolutely. You never know. When it's going to be. Mm-hmm. All right. 888-463-6748. The phone number, by the way, on a uh, more personal note, are you going to be working out at your fitness club this afternoon? Absolutely, Coach. i got to do it. I have to stay fit. Listen, uh, I'm not one of those people that say, like, you know, I'm trying to do my best, so I actually do my best every single day to try to be as healthy as possible. Beautiful. More importantly, more importantly, I believe I will be making an East Bank appearance 
at approximately 1.15 to meet up with Uncle Larry, one of our fine listeners. So maybe, uh, you know, I'll be at the same location. What, where, where would I look for you? What, the sun so deck? Just, I'll be there. And the if steam you're buying room? lunch, if you're buying lunch, I will definitely be there somehow. You better be wearing more than a towel. Coach, I just want to let you know something that, <laughs> that is, I, I can't explain to you. Listen, I, I'm not a homophobe and nor do I, or nor am I shy or prude. It's, this is weird. I, it's uncomfortable to me how many over, it's, check this out. You walk through, <laughs> you walk through the, the, the locker room. Everybody under 45 has a towel on. Yes. Okay. And flip flops. And then we go to our lockers, we dry off, we put our clothes on, and then we go do stuff. <laughs> All the white men over 45 and Otis Wilson of the Chicago Bears walks around the, the whole locker room butt naked. Whole, yep. Sit down on couches butt yep. naked right next to you. I'm, yep. I'm in my clothes. Dude. I hear you. I and, hear and, and, you. And Otis Wilson, is, first of all, it's a little uncomfortable watching old men walk around butt naked. Because I don't want to see that. It's, it's extremely, see, extremely uncomfortable. I don't need to see Otis Wilson walk around naked because I don't need to see that either. That's freaking nasty. Yeah. All right, dude. We've gone from one. Who will walk into a room butt naked and start talking to all of us? Hey, we'll go around in the ball game, everybody, and then there's ten guys looking at yeah. each other like this dude is literally this got the tripod is standing right next to us, <laughs> right like right in front of the television, butt naked. Do, do we have to look at Otis Wilson butt naked? Oh man, you talk about going from one extreme to the other, huh? Oh my god! Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Otis, what? put a freaking towel on, dude. Yeah. Older folks out there, I, and I, we've heard that before. We've had that discussion, but you're absolutely correct. I don't know if it's yeah, yeah. I will have my towel on if that's, if that's Thank you. Very I will much. be dressed. Right. How about that? That's even better. Coach. All right, because I all of a sudden I pictured you know you taking orders and me delivering it to you in the steam room or something. It's not not the kind of look I was looking That's for. That's not what I appreciated either. No, no, no. no. no, no, no. All right, so I will, I'll let you know via the cell phone, but I will be making an appearance at the East Bank. Now, how does a guest get in there, by the way? Am I going to be able to get in to go to the, the grill? Oh, you're a guest? Well, I'm not a member. Well, here's what, what ends up happening. It's, it's, it's quite simple, Coach. You're going to like this. You're going to go in. You're going to meet you. Uncle Larry will meet you, and they, since you're going to be eating there, they don't charge you to get in. Okay. So you don't have to worry about the guest passes or anything All like right. that. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right, now that we got that out of the, uh, that out of the way of the business, other stories to uh, report, Big Dog, and one is uh, college basketball. I don't know if you saw it or not. And I know we're heavy into football and playoff baseball right now, but just got to make a quick, quick little mention of college basketball. Preseason ratings come out. Indiana. Wow. The Indiana Hoosier. Preseason number one. Tom Green. Preseason number one. Preseason number one. The Cody Zeller effect. He did not go pro. I, coach, uh, honestly, I know they're a good team and they deserve a, a top ranking. That might be a little too much. A little too much. Seriously, that's that's. You know what their secret is? They've recruited players that are good, but just not good enough to jump to the pro. So they actually have guys that are good that have come back for two or three years. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, that's that's. You know, you're exactly right, coach. <laughs> uh, I'm, that is true. And, and I don't know. That's. Uh, the Big Ten's going to be very good this year. That I'm going to that I'm going to say, but I don't know if Indiana is the number yeah, this, one. That's not going to help them. This one this might. Year. This will shock you even more than Indiana number one. You said the Big Ten is going to be very good. The uh, writers and press agree with you. I think it's a writers and press poll. Three of the top 
five teams, three of the top five in college hoop preseason, for whatever that means, Big Ten teams. Who are the other two, Doug? Uh, Ohio State. Bingo. The other two? Well, now you're down to one because it's Indiana. Ohio State is four and a surprising fifth. Uh, well, like if it's surprising, you're going to say it, it won't be Michigan State. It won't be Wisconsin. It'll have to be Minnesota, who also has a loaded team this year. No, Minnesota is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, They're so going to be good. But it's, uh, you know, and Smogrich, my guy Smogrich transferred. The Smogrich and Vogrich combo was gone, but Michigan. Tim Hardaway Jr. and the boys. Preseason number five, Raymar Morgan. I think they're big guy inside. That was your uh, that was your call last year. You really liked yeah. Michigan last year, so yeah. yeah but they, uh, they they got rid of my favorite guy, Smogrich. How can you lose a Smogrich and be in the top five? I, I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, that's all right. They still got Bogrich. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Three of the you top know, five. Actually, Michigan. I thought about Michigan early, uh, and I, I didn't actually think that that's, that 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 would be them. So that's that's cool, though. That's really mm-hmm. good. Yep, Louisville, the preseason number two. And I love this, too, Kentucky. With zero, zero players coming back that started the game last year. Repeat, zero. They're the preseason number three, Big Doug. Unreal, Coach. (laughs) Ah, goodness. But, you know, based on last year's team, which is pretty much the same way, right? Freshmen, I don't think they were quite as inexperienced. But I think the whole starting five or five of the top six were freshmen. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. If last year they had like 5% of their production coming back in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, and they still somehow um, ended up just being dominant last year. So, uh, crazy. going to be interesting to watch. Collegiate basketball not far around the corner. Teams practicing. Very, very exciting indeed. But right now football and baseball on the forefront of most people's minds. Uh, again, our phone lines are open here if you want to check in. 888-463-6748. Dog, I was really looking forward to South Carolina and Florida this weekend, but semi-depressed to read. I don't know if you've heard or not, but Marcus Lattimore, who's a good reason to watch the game, apparently a hip injury, and he may not be able to play. That is uh, not much of a surprise. The hits that he was taking in the in the uh, during uh, the, the LSU game, were just remarkable, coach. So I'm not surprised that uh, that uh, he got hurt from. He really taking a beating. That was the only thing the South Carolina offense had going for him mm-hmm. with Marcus Lattimore. So right. that's Florida, no surprise they beat him up. Florida has one loss, right? They're not undefeated. Florida is undefeated. Ah. Coach. They uh, they haven't lost yet, but they they've had a couple really good games. They've not lost anything yet, mm-hmm. though. And it's South Carolina at Florida. Now, how do the odds makers work? If like, how does betting work if you're not sure if an impact player like Lattimore is going to play or not? Well, uh, uh, Joe the Duke Crispino gave a gave an excellent example. There was a, a game where Steve Young was the starting quarterback of the 49ers. Yep. Uh, and the 49ers were a seven-point favorite. And then Steve Bono took over for Steve Young, and the line only dropped a four-point favorite. So it's only going to move a couple points if Marcus Lattimore mm-hmm. is not in the game, Coach, believe it or not. All right. So really, um, 
if you see a good line, a game that you like early, it doesn't necessarily make sense to jump on it, right? You're better off waiting to the end of the week to make sure there's no significant injury. I wouldn't say that whatsoever. You you could also, the, I mean, there were times where I remember a game in the in the Orange Bowl where Nebraska was playing uh, Tennessee. Nebraska came out as a four-point favorite. By the time the game was played, they were a 13-point favorite. Think about it. So, you know what I mean? Something You'd be better off getting them as a four-point favorite than a 13-point favorite. Nebraska, by the way, they, they won that game like 49-10 to 10 or whatever it was, Peyton Manning's last game at, at Tennessee. So it, it depends on – it really does depend, Coach, on uh, on when you get it. it, it it's, you can bet whatever you want to, but, yeah, it can move in either direction. Don't be surprised if you end up losing points or gaining points. Mm-hmm. In other words, you could bet on a game and that significant injury could happen to the other team as well, so it could work out for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's good it. point. Okay. Good point. By the way, speaking of the Cornhusker, Speaking of Nebraska, uh, here in the fine state of Illinois, more locally the fine suburb of Evanston, the Northwestern Wildcats have a significant, what's the um, topical word now that uh, people use, a game of relevance, I'm sorry. Northwestern is relevant as they uh, play a home game against Nebraska, big dog, and a lot of national eyes will be on that game. How do you see it playing out again? It's at Northwestern, 2.30 p.m., tip-off time. Uh, let's. Let's get this straight. If Nebraska is playing at Northwestern, but it's a 2.30 tip-off time, yep. that, that that hurts Northwestern too bad. It isn't a 7 o'clock tip-off time because my pick would be for uh, the Northwestern Wildcats because, like I was saying earlier, yeah. for some reason they tend to knock teams off when uh, uh, when like at night when you just don't expect them to, Coach, and Let's face it, Nebraska is going to be the favorite in, the, in, in this game. I haven't seen the point spread. There's nothing to be wrong with that, but Nebraska yeah. is going to be favored. I so. think you're right. I haven't seen the point spread. If I had to guess, uh, Nebraska five. Oh, that that sounds like a pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, right in there, I was I was mm-hmm. going to guess anywhere from which four to six Pat four. Fitzgerald could use as a, a little bit of an inspiration with his players that hey, we are still not getting the respect nationally, but I got to tell you, that's the correct point spread because. Uh, they barely, barely beat Minnesota. Really, the Minnesota Golden Gopher outplayed Northwestern. They're going to have to step up their game. And, you know, uh, Big Dog, there's been a constant. Northwestern doesn't start school until the end of September. And it's been a fairly consistent thing where they've been strong early. Then when classes start, those damn Northwestern players actually go to class. And, and the October record, once school starts, Big Dog has not been good for the cat. They've been trying to fight that for a long time. Yeah, and it's it's funny that you said that because Northwestern doesn't start school until like October seventh. Yes, you know it's it's crazy. They go a long time into the year before they actually start classes. Mm-hmm. So uh, you would think that those kids would be used to it by now. And why the hell are they going to class anyways? They're Way. college football players. Way too much emphasis on academics. Get in the fitness room. Get in the weight room. Doesn't make Come any on. sense to me. Okay, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's a sham. <laughs> it is. Oh, like buying season tickets, and I got to watch a bunch of guys running four eight forties when they should be running <laughs> four seven five forties. Okay. Uh, goodness. Any chance uh, you will be in attendance for that game, uh, Coach? If I have a day off, I, I, I this is bad, but I would rather watch television yep. than actually be at a game. Yeah, I hear you. Because you can catch more games. Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, and it's fun to go to a game. 
Absolutely a blast. No question about it. The atmosphere, you know, get there early for college football. And just Well, if I have every weekend off, Coach, I make it a point to go to two to three games a year because I'm watching college football every weekend. I could afford to miss one weekend and actually go to a game and get the atmosphere. You see what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, but when I don't get to watch any college football, it's like, yeah, it'd be nice to go to a Northwestern game, but mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Like, I could have gone to Miami, Notre Dame. I could have went to Northern Illinois, Iowa. Both of those days I was off and there was tickets available, and I decided to save money and sit on my ass and mm-hmm. just watch football. Yeah, I hear you. I understand. And the other aspect you haven't brought up is, you know, it's great to go to the game, and, you know, hopefully it's a beautiful day and the atmosphere and everything, but... You go to a college football game, now you go to a pro football game, there's an unbelievable amount of waiting time. Those TV timeouts, they're bad at home. But at the game, I mean, they wear on you, Big Dog. By the mid-third quarter, the waiting time, it, it, it significantly takes a chunk, honestly, out of your enjoyment of the game. It, it does take a, a little bit out. But, you know, I, I'm kind of used to it by now, Coach. That's why you got to sneak a flask in to the game. A flask. Flask that does a lot for the actual uh, speeding up uh, of the timeouts, huh? Oh, without question! Oh my goodness, it goes by a lot faster at that point. <laughs> uh, get wasted and go to a game. By the way, speaking of getting wasted, movie critic David Olson, I did flipping around last night. Nothing on in the world of sports. I did watch like two thirds of the movie, The Wackness, with a Josh Peck and a Ben Kingsley, young kid who's a drug dealer. Pretty good movie. Uh, anything ones. with Ben Kingsley is great. Yes. So I got to check it out. Yeah, he is good. Uh-huh. He is good. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, some movie, I think, from like early 2000, maybe like 10 years ago, The Wackness. Uh, well, I'll check out The Wackness. You liked it? Yeah, you know, again, I'm not going to put a top 10, but it was it was curiously enjoyable, yeah. And you're right, will, Ben, ben well, Kingsley, and in any scene he's in, he captures it. Uh, well, then you got to see the movie Sexy Beast. Who? Uh, ben, Sexy Beast. Okay. Around 12 years ago, right around 2000, Ben Kingsley is in this movie. It is freaking hysterical, Coach. The best thing about this movie is it's about 65 minutes long. Hmm. You know, and Ben Kingsley plays the hardest, most mean, downright evil criminal in the history of movies. Mm-hmm. This guy, nobody messes with him in the whole movie. Like, people are talking, like, they start to talk back to him, and he starts talking, and people, you got, Ben Kingsley should this is, it's better than Gandhi. I'm not kidding you. That's I was going to say, there, here's a guy that can play all kinds of roles, because he, in fact, was Gandhi. Yeah, so he's like, you know, we, we all must come by with nonviolent protests. And then the, and then there's another movie, 15 years later, uh, he's screaming at, like, little girls. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, you'll like Thanks him in the wackness too, because he plays a psychologist turned drug alli- drug addict, alcoholics, and uh, and plays it very well too. So I always appreciate actors who had that kind of versatility. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with yeah. you. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, you know, David, at some point there will be a movie. You know, oh, Obama, the story of Barack Obama, and I can't think of any, even though he's not black. I can't think of any better actor, seriously, than Ben Kingsley to play the lead for Barack Obama. He pulled off the, you know, the the look for Gandhi. I, I got to believe he could pull off a Barack Obama, but that's probably just me. Thank you. All right, silence on the other end. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number, dog, and the coach with you up until eleven o'clock. We're off tomorrow. We're off pretty much every day. People tell us, but 
We're actually off the air. I mean, we'll have a replay show on, but unfortunately we won't be here for a football Friday. So any games coming up this weekend, dog? We mentioned uh, NU in Nebraska, South Carolina, Florida. Any games that you plan on watching that I have missed thus far? Um, Coach, I have every intention of working from 10 in the morning till 10 at night on Saturday. It's supposed to be a nice night. I, I, I am very, I've made like, I figured out about $500 so far this month. Wow. Okay. I've only worked two days. It's not been good, coach. Mm-hmm. So I have, uh, I am just, I'm not even worried about college football. I'm putting all my efforts into try to make enough money on Saturday to at least pay for this month's bills. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Just try to make, because normally I have the whole weekend and I can pay for my whole month. Now this whole set, I'm depending on one particular day to try to bail me out for the whole entire month. Hopefully so it happens. we need to root for good weather on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think and, uh, and and if people are upset with this, I'm really I'm really sorry. I need a lot of white and a lot of Asian people on the tour so I get tips because they're the only two <laughs> nationalities that tip nowadays. Oh, uh, African American, Latino, Middle Eastern, uh, never ever ever tip. So. Any complaints about the big dogs comment? You can talk to our producer David Olson. I'll be out of town for the next uh, six weeks. I want I want that explained to me. That's why. How come in in two years I've gotten two tips from African Americans, never from uh, anyone of like Indian or Pakistani descent. Hmm. And but like every time there's like white Asian, like I get twenties and tens and twenties and tens after every single one of the tours. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, like, I, I'm asking. I'm not making fun of because this is the truth. This is what happened. I just want to know why is it like that. Luis from Libertyville just uh, texted it, wants to know what about the Hispanic population. I don't get tips from them either. Uh, sorry, Luis. It's, 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 I had the, it was funny. The other day I had like, uh, we had something, the Lee family, and we were just playing priest. Please, please, please be Asian. <laughs> they come out there, they're like, hello. And I'm like, yes, yes. They gave me a hundred dollars that bill. I was like, "Thank wow. you, as a tip. thank you very much." Okay, nice. So, yeah, and then we'll have like groups coming because there's also the electric boat company that's right by us, and we can't tell like sometimes how people are dressed if mm-hmm. they're coming to us or if they're coming by. The, and then like seriously, we're like, "Oh, please, not us." Maybe you got to put a little little uh, national pride, little competition to it. I think you should put up, make this suggestion to your boss. Put up a board right where the kayaks are boarded and they come in and have you know a, a little graph you know chips you know whites asians hispanics blacks and they can see it on the chart and if you see your particular heritage falling behind your competitive instincts are going to check in well i'm going to have we're going to have to break it down we'll have <laughs> to put african-americans and in one quarter category latinos in one category and uh middle east to uh, all the way east of uh, of Bangladesh in one category. <laughs> and then we're going to have to break it down. Korean, Vietnamese, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Filipino, and also then all the different, like, Italian, Irish, German, English, mm-hmm. French, all because yeah, it, it just wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair. All right. Sounds like a scientific analysis, but we'll come up with a graph for that. All right, dog. Well, we're off tomorrow, so uh, I will talk to you Monday. Have an outstanding weekend. We'll be rooting for good weather on Saturday. I will post. I will post. Uh, this year, man. Yes. Has said he's going to do my picks this year, so Excellent. this year, man, will put his picks up on uh, the, the two guys on my Facebook uh, webpage. Yeah, that's tomorrow. what I was going to say. We'll put them up on Facebook. 
Just okay. email them to me, and I'll get them up there or put them up there yourselves. Sounds really, really good and uh, cool because I, I, I actually have stuff to do tonight, Coach. I might go out with my girl tonight, maybe, maybe yeah. take her out dancing or something like that so Beautiful. I can sleep in on Beautiful. Friday morning. Enjoy, and, and you and me are right now temporarily anyways. You know, on a hot streak on Beat the Schmoes, we got to keep the streak going. That's exactly what we're going to do. So I, I, am I actually meeting you at 115 for lunch at, up at East Bank? You know what? I think that's about when I'm going to be there, so I will text you to confirm. But, uh, you know, one of our favorite listeners, Uncle Larry, you can finally get to meet him. And if any listener is listening right now, you, I have a free guest pass. If you just want to go work out at East Bank Club, Come meet me at East Bank. Ask for Joel Redwanski. They'll page me down, and, and you can work out all day at East Bank if you want to. How about again, that? To any listeners that are out there, it'll cost if, me twenty-five bucks, and I don't care. How about that? And if you're over fifty years old, you must wear a towel in the locker room. Uh, please. And if you're Otis Wilson, <laughs> somebody get him two towels so he can cover up. Disgusting, Otis. Come on. All right, dog. Have a great weekend, my friend. Later, Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys at a mic. And we loosened him up, David. Also, it was a rough start, but we got him. We got him going. I know. After 10 years, I, I know I know which strings to pull. Usually. Usually for the big dog. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. We'll have a show on tomorrow. Unfortunately, not live. Check out our Facebook page, Two Guys at a Mic. We'll talk to you Monday. Have an outstanding Friday, Saturday, Sunday.